This is Simple Ritz Radio, episode 47, and today we're talking all about your hormones. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered, it's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. While it seems complex and overwhelming, my passion really is to help you break it down into the basics and allow you to live a more simplistic and healthy life that you actually enjoy. And today, we're going to do just that and help you to understand what your hormones are and help you fix them in five simple steps. So today on the show, we're going to dive into hormonal imbalance, what that looks like and what that means to you, and five ways you can reset your hormones for lasting health. The truth is our hormones run our show. Any kind of irregularity or disruption can cause compensation and all the other symptoms that we dread. So as we go about today's show, I want to remind you that I've created a five-day hormonal reset guide that can help you get your hormones back in the natural flow and allow you to get your metabolism in check once and for all. It will help you to feel better in just five days. There's so much good information inside, and I hope you'll check it out, especially if we go through the show and you think, yes, this is for you. To learn more about the five-day hormonal reset, just head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 047. So now let's just get right to the show. Five ways to reset your hormones. Today is all about hormones. And before we even get started, I think it's necessary to clarify what our hormones are because for so long, they've been like this evil villain in our story. You know, the thing that's against us, the thing that's always bringing us down, that's preventing weight loss from occurring that's making us tired and and groggy and so we feel kind of hopeless because our hormones are out of whack and we don't really know what to do about it and even going to the doctors and getting tests doesn't necessarily help so what do we do what are our hormones our hormones are essentially the messengers that tell the body to burn fat or store fat to remain full or feel hungry have cravings or not enjoy balanced energy or feel fatigue Hormones even impact your mood and motivation to exercise. Basically, our hormones, and that's just a small window of what our hormones do, but basically our hormones are like a computer system. They're like the server to the computer software. They give the body instructions about what to do with the information it is exposed to. Our hormones run our show. They're not the enemy. They're not the villain in our story. And in fact, if we can learn to work with them, if we can foster a healthy relationship with our body and our hormones, our hormones are the key piece that is actually going to create lasting health. So we just really have to learn what we can do to kind of jumpstart our hormones and get them flowing right. And now I'll tell you that even in the healthiest body, that sometimes we just need to do a quick reset, a quick restart, a quick cleanse of our body, just like you would clean your house, right? You could be the cleanest person in all the world, and yet you still need to like dust off the surfaces, right? Dust still settles because we live in a dirty environment. It's the same goes for our body. Once in a while, we just have to do a quick pick-me-up to help your body to get rid of the excess junk and just start flowing again naturally. So our hormones, everyone has them, male and female. However, this is a huge difference between men and women, right? We have 
all of our nutrition recommendations, basically all of our health recommendations to date, have been set for both male and female, but we're two totally different beasts and should have two totally different sets of recommendations. But regardless, both men and women can have hormonal irregularities. In fact, it's becoming increasingly more common in men. Because we're going to see this more commonly in women, we often relate our hormonal imbalances to our irregularities in our cycle in our periods or causing cramping or acne. But the reality is, is that few hormonal imbalances actually have little to do with your cycle. For instance, playing off last week's episode of why you can't lose weight even though you're doing everything right, simply the inability to lose weight and putting on the pounds by even looking at food could be one of the best indicators that hormonally there's an issue. And if we step outside of weight gain, we can see some of the most common hormonal imbalances are estrogen dominance, polycystic ovarian syndrome, low estrogen, hypothyroidism, low testosterone, hyperthyroidism or Graves' disease, diabetes, and, and adrenal fatigue. These are all hormonal issues or common names for them. Hormonal imbalances are multifactorial disorders, meaning that they're caused by a number of different things, including our things like our diet, our medical history, our stress levels, genetics, and exposure to toxins. So basically, we have to look at our complete cycle of life to understand our hormonal issues. It's not just triggered by one thing, it's multifactorial. So we have to treat it in multi-directional ways. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but it's not just a diet approach. It's not just a medication approach. It's not just an exercise approach, but we have to treat it in all of the ways that encompasses our entire life. Other issues that could cause hormonal imbalances could be things like food allergies or gut issues. Those are on the rise in significant amounts, but those simple things to avoid could be the root of all of your hormonal flow irregularities. Already being overweight and obese can cause hormonal issues, high levels of inflammation, genetic susceptibility, toxicity, high amounts of stress, lack of sleep, and lack of relaxation all can be caused or linked to hormonal imbalance. So what's the deal? What really is the bottom line here? The bottom line that we have to know is that without fixing our hormones, we will never fix our health. Our hormones run our show, and as long as they're out of flow, we will never see the results that we want to see. So just like last week when we talked about losing weight or the inability to lose weight, even though it looks like you're doing everything right, you could be eating the cleanest, healthiest diet and exercising well or what society tells us we should be exercising and still not seeing results simply because your hormonal flow is out of balance and diet and exercise are not only the two factors that we need to take into account when regulating our hormones. And we'll talk about those in just a second, what the other ones are so that you can get your hormones back in check. Unfortunately though, so many of our diets have played off this calorie first approach. So I really want to bring this up because we're changing the approach on how we do this. And I've kind of been alluding to this and talking about this, but I'm just going to be very clear about this now. We have to change the approach to how we deal with health. So many times and nearly every single diet on the market is always a calorie first or a macronutrient first approach. They want to change your diet, which they believe in time will help you to change your hormonal flow. So there it's what we would call a calories first approach. However, this approach leaves you at the mercy of your metabolism and completely relying on willpower, which we know is like a muscle and can become fatigued. It's not something we should rely on long-term because it will never work. So anyone who's ever gone on a diet knows that it's almost impossible to win a long-term battle of wills against your physiology. Your body is always going to win. 
So that's why the calorie first approach and 97% of people, some people would say even 100% of people will never work long term. And it's simply because you can never really deal with a calorie issue or macronutrient issue or diet alone. That's not going to fully address the hormonal issue. We have to understand how our hormones work. And that's a lifestyle approach. So instead, we're going to go for a hormone-first approach, which is much different. In a hormone-first approach, we're working to reduce hunger, control cravings, elevate energy, and increase metabolism, which all lead to an automatic reduction in calories without even trying. If you have ever followed along my Craving Cure program, which I'll link up in the show notes, it's all lifestyle choices. So it's dealing with things like meal timing and meal structure as opposed to what you actually should be eating. If we take out what we should be eating from the equation, yes, it does matter. But if we focus more on the lifestyle choices, on our mentality, on fixing our hormones, then naturally you're just going to eat better because that's what your physiology is crying out for. This is the simple solution to all of your health woes. And and we've for so long, we believed all the lies of the diet industry and it is so difficult and grueling and it sucks you in and it kind of ruins your life to count calories, to count points, to count macronutrient grams, and to be so obsessed with food that you can't even see life that's going on around you. So if we take this metabolic approach or this hormonal first approach, then we can start fixing our hormones, which naturally help us fix everything else. So we don't have to be obsessed about the every minute detail that we put into our body and how much we exercise that if we fix our hormones, we fix everything else. And that's the end of the story. So the big question is, how do we do this? Well, I have five ways to reset your hormones. And like I mentioned in that hormonal reset guide that I just created, there's a lot more information to uncover these. And in the coming weeks, we'll also be breaking down more ways to help reset your hormones and this lifestyle choice in this hormonal first approach. So the first one is that we need to get out of our mind that calories matter. And I talk about this on nearly every podcast episode, but it is so ingrained in us that I have to keep reiterating it until you trust this process. But we have to overcome calories and instead thinking as food as merely energy, we need to think of it as information for our body. For instance, if we compare a donut to an egg, right? The the nutrients within a donut look much differently or relaying much different information and providing much different information and strategies and nutrients than the egg, right? Like they're two totally different things. And while they might have approximately the same calorie count, they are two totally different things and our bodies are gonna do completely separate things with that. Instead of just thinking as food as calories or as energy, we need to start thinking as them as information. What is this doing to the hormonal flow? How is my body going to respond to this? Is it going to like this? Is it going to provide health and energy and nutrients? Or is it just going to provide empty calories? So there's a huge difference. You could think of this as quality over quantity kind of thing. But just in general, think of food. What is this meal? What is this drink? What is this apple going to be doing inside my body? And is there any way that I can help enhance that or fix that or replace that in general? In today's show notes, I broke down five foods that you should never eat to balance your hormones. And I'm just going to bring these up just to showcase how food is being used as information and not necessarily as just calories. Because a lot of these things, because there are some things that we consume that have zero calories and zero energy, and we just think it's kind of like a, a, a wash, like it doesn't really count. But those things also are relaying messages to our body. So just recall that anytime you put something into your body, it is relaying information to your body regardless of the amount of energy that it has in it. 
And that information is far more important than any calories that you could be consuming. So just to refresh, the five foods that you should never eat to balance your hormones. Here it goes. You might hate me after this, but the first one is caffeine. Now, caffeine has been kind of put on a pedestal in our society. And this is just it with any scientific research, right? You can find good studies and bad studies against it. So caffeine studied both ways, right? In some instances, they want to believe that it can help athletic performance and muscle and and your body to function. But in other times, we really find it to be detrimental. Now, if we just separate all of what we know about nutrition research and, and everything that there is, not discounting it, but just setting it aside and looking at what caffeine does in a specific person's body. We can feel it, right? Most of us can. Some of you are so immune to caffeine that we can't feel it. But we have to understand that just like alcohol, caffeine has a harder and more sustained impact on women than it does on men. So it's going to have a bigger hormonal effect on a woman. It's going to relay more and different information than it does a man. So just to give you an example of this, Just one coffee in the morning can throw off your entire endocrine system, so your hormonal flow, for 24 hours, which messes with your blood sugar and your cortisol levels, which can promote fat production, right? Something that probably most of us don't want. So your body doesn't have the ability to reset after caffeine until you actually sleep and wake the next morning, which generally when you wake, that's when you push caffeine back into your body. You know, you push coffee back into your body, and so it throws it off again. Basically, what this is doing is it's stressing your adrenal glands, which are a part of your endocrine system, and it throws off your complete hormonal cycle, making you more stress-dependent, making you more sensitive to that, and in the end, building more fat production. So whenever we consume caffeine, it's relaying a message to the body. It's revving it up. It's stealing nutrients. It's depleting essential micronutrients and minerals that we need for our happy hormones, It's depleting our body. It's speeding up our detox pathway so things aren't getting detoxified like they should. Basically, it's revving our body, which in the end is slowing it down. It's backing it up. It's creating a clog. So caffeine is one of those things that we probably, if we really want to regulate our hormones, I know this is something that I rarely ever tell you to give up, but this is a choice. I think it's understanding and knowing your body, right? It's not something that we just have to give up, a luxury whatever you want to call it, an indulgence or something that you crave every day, but it has to be a choice. You have to desire to give it up simply because you feel better when you don't have it. So maybe you go through the experiment, you try it out, you give it up for a set period of time and notice, does your body change? Is it reacting in a positive way because you've taken out this negative feedback loop of caffeine? So that's one food that we probably should never eat if we're really working to balance our hormones. The second one is soy. Now there are some good types of soy, but it's unprocessed, non-GMO soy, pretty difficult to find, right? But in general, almost all soy contains phytoestrogens and other compounds that are really harmful to our body. So soy is just something that we should probably try to get rid of from our diet, including supplements that contain soy, soy milk, soy yogurts, soy is in a lot of foods, soy lecithin, and any of the soy additives that are added to products, just get rid of soy. It's not doing anything great for our body. The third one, again, is could be more difficult for people, but again, this is looking at the hormonal flow, not necessarily a lifelong realistic approach, but just knowing your body and understanding your body, but white potatoes. So white potatoes are what we would call a nightshade, which is essentially toxic in high doses to our body. Some people are very, very sensitive to nightshades, especially people who have a lot of pain and fibromyalgia can see a lot of relief from giving up the nightshade group, which includes white potatoes. 
But on top of that, white potatoes also tend to spike your blood sugar levels very high. And uh, anytime we spike our blood sugar levels extremely high, we throw off our blood sugar levels. We also then have a hormonal imbalance because once we spike insulin, kind of all the other hormones kind of cease and that throws off all of our hormonal flow. The fourth one is artificial sweeteners. And again, this is one of those foods that has zero calories. So we kind of think of it as a wash or that it doesn't matter. But artificial sweeteners are relaying a lot of messages to your body and your body gets very, very confused. Regardless, all artificial sweeteners, whether they have calories or not, are having a blood sugar effect in your body. Remember, we start salivating, we start digesting food, we start releasing enzymes to digest that and releasing hormones to deal with foods at the sight of them. That's why you start salivating. And so at the sight of something sweet, at the taste of something sweet, it almost tricks your body and it starts releasing insulin and other hormones to get rid of the sugar. And when it's not there, then you have all this insulin, but no sugar. And so the only way to get rid of insulin is through sugar. So you start signaling your body to consume more food, to consume more sweet foods, to get rid of insulin. It's this whole negative feedback loop. And one that we'll talk about, maybe we'll even do a full podcast on artificial sweeteners, But essentially, artificial sweeteners are what we call a negative feedback loop. Your body is working on overtime. Your hormonal flow is kind of getting out of whack to deal with the issue. So artificial sweeteners are not something that we can classify as a wash or nothingness or healthy to your body. We really need to be careful of that. And on top of that, stevia, something that's been touted as like the only natural zero calorie sweetener, I would still caution that. I've written a post on why you shouldn't eat or why my family quit stevia. I'll link that up in the show notes. But on top of that, just in hormonally speaking, especially in people who are trying to conceive, stevia can be ovulation inhibiting. So it's best to avoid large amounts, especially in hormonal sensitive people or people who are trying to conceive. On top of that, the glycosides in stevia have a similar hormonal structure. Their plant hormonal structure is very similar to human hormonal structure. So we could maybe classify these as phytoestrogens or uh, fake estrogens that are getting into our body that our body then has to deal with. If you're looking to sweeten something, just stick with the natural ones, the ones your body knows how to deal with, like honey, coconut sugar, or maple syrup. Those are the ones that I rely on, mostly honey and maple syrup, but sometimes coconut sugar or nectar as well. So again, just remember the first step in resetting your hormones is understanding that food is information to your body and looking at your food as either positive feedback or negative feedback and what that's doing hormonally. And speaking of hormonal biofeedback loops, that's the second thing to be aware of. Basically, we can understand our hormonal flow and how healthy it is or if it's getting thrown off by lifestyle choices, by food decisions or whatever it is. If you really want to know your hormonal flow, we have to become self-aware. That's one of the greatest steps in regulating or resetting your hormones is understanding how your daily life affects your body and what that's feeling. So thinking about our feedback loops, these are things like your hunger levels, your energy levels, your cravings, how your digestion is your menstrual function, so your cycle, how your mood is, your sexual function, and even exercise recovery. Those are some of the top biofeedback loops that we can really physically feel and understand in any given day. So if you're hunger, like if you're hungry all the time or you're feeling nauseous or if you have really low energy, if your cravings are intense for a lot of the wrong foods, if you have bloating, excess gassiness, irritable bowel, if your cycle is 
non-existent or if it's really heavy or if it's just spotting or if it's really long, if you have a lot of moodiness or intense PMS, uh, if you have low libido, a low sex drive, or if you really have a hard time recovering from not even an intense exercise, but even more intense exercise, those are all signs that something hormonally is going on and we need to stop reevaluate our life, understand what the trigger to that is and deal with that trigger. So our biofeedback loops, keeping those in check, we basically want all of those things that I just listed out, hunger, energy, cravings, digestion, menstrual function, mood, sexual function, and exercise recovery to all be in check. Basically normalize things that you don't really notice that they're just functioning at their best. They're in good flow. So that's number two. Number three is to hydrate right. There is so many misconceptions about hydration. The eight by eight rule for one, I did a whole podcast on why you shouldn't drink water. Basically summed up that the best form of hydration is gonna come from our fruits and vegetables, from our natural water sources, or if you're adding some kind of electrolyte property to your water. Because water in itself is not not usable by the body. We have to have the electrolytes present in order for it to be a, a usable function. And we most often see that in fresh fruits and vegetables in nature, but we have to remember that overhydrating on just water can actually dilute your bloodstream, which can dilute your hormonal flow and kind of make your signals weak or slow or delayed. And so your body just kind of this positive thing that you had going, this positive flow you had going, as soon as you clog it with water, you really slow that down. So your signals aren't firing on time and everything just kind of gets messed up. And then your body starts working on overdrive, causing somewhat of a stress. So the best types of hydration are adding some fruit to your water, like floating fruit or cucumbers, lemons, squeezing lemon juice in your water, adding a pinch of sea salt. And one critical thing for our hormones that can actually influence our estrogen and progesterone levels is the temperature. And I know this sounds crazy, but drinking warm or lukewarm water is going to be so much better than drinking cold water. Now, some people are all for that cold water because they believe that it's going to help you burn more calories. Really, the effect of burning more calories, making your body work, is actually creating more stress than than good. Um, So you're actually releasing more cortisol as you burn that, which in the short term can be fine, right? Like if you have a cold beverage every once in a while, not a big deal, but consistently relying on just plain cold water is actually a big stress to your body, causing stress on the adrenals and washing out your hormonal flow. So make sure you hydrate right. Go back and listen to that episode. I clearly define this, but it's more like sipping throughout the day, never guzzling and trying to stick with lukewarm beverages that have some sort of electrolyte property to it. So that's reset principle number three. Number four is to de-stress. In every equation of health, we have to take in this principle because regardless, for so long, our society has just focused on calories and how we eat calories or burn calories. But when you take sleep and stress out of the equation because it's too complex to manage, right? There's really not a number that we can put on stress or sleep. We can't add that to equation and it doesn't really make sense, but taking stress and sleep out of the equation kind of ruins it all because those two things are over 50% responsible for the hormonal flow of your body, for the weight of your body, for the health of your body. So we have to learn how to de-stress our body and maybe that's more rest-based living, not beating your body into submission, not making it do something that it, it doesn't feel capable of or that it's causing pain or discomfort or bloating or gassiness or inflammation. We really need to try and 
de-stress our body because as long as stress is present, as long as high inflammation is present, our body is working on that first and the hormonal flow is kind of going to be based off of that. It's never going to be in a true harmony of health where we want it to be. So we need to work on de-stressing our body. That means watching your workout, uh, watching how you feel your body, changing your mindset, getting proper rest and proper relaxation. Next week's episode is going to be all on de-stressing your body, practicing rest-based living, really loving what you do and finding value in that as opposed to just beating your body into submission because you believe that's the only way. I can promise you that is not the only way and that way eventually will come back to bite you and it will cause a lifelong distress in your body and you'll constantly be fighting it. And so instead of fighting your body, we just have to work with it. So working on principles to de-stress your body is one of the most critical functions of hormonal flow and something we have to do. Remember, every time we feel stress, we release hormones and response to that. Every time we think stressful thoughts, if we have work stress, emotional stress, relationship stress, that's all causing excess stress in our body and needs to be dealt with. And number five is detox your life. There are toxins flooding our environment everywhere from our beauty products to what's in our air to how we clean our house to industrial toxins and just general lifestyle toxins and even stress toxins, our mindset toxins including food toxins. So everywhere we look, there's toxins. There's toxins all over an environment. It's not something that we should necessarily fear, but it's something that we should control, the ones that we can control, and just be cautious of the ones that we can't. So toxins are coming in all forms from our environment, like the things that we put on our skin, our beauty products, our cleaning products, our laundry detergents, industrial toxins, so household toxins, mold, new houses, paint, all of this stuff is causing toxic chemicals to get in your body, as well as we have food toxins, we have water toxins, we have stress toxins. So basically, if you're overworking, those are causing toxic chemicals to build up in your body, as well as stress toxins, right? So just living in a stress state, all of this is going to kind of cause excess stress in your liver is the very thing that's trying to detox everything out of your body to try and process and metabolize what your body needs and get rid of what it doesn't need. So if we have too many toxins in our system, in our bloodstream, in our cells, our body just kind of gets backed up and cells don't signal correctly. You get sensitivities, um, a lack of sensitivities to these things, and really they just get worn out. And so when we look at hormonal flow, one of the greatest things that we can do is just try to detox our life, try to get rid of the junk that doesn't belong there, change the products that we do come in contact with because a lot of them contain estrogen mimicking compounds, which can get into our body and our body just gets more confused based off of those. And then it has to process and deal with those things, which can lead to a lot of estrogen dominance and and a lot of things that we see in our society. So detoxing your life from changing out your beauty products to making sure you don't eat off the dirty dozen list to changing out your laundry detergent, filtering your air, getting some kind of diffuser, whatever it is, the more you can take into account of getting rid of toxins in your life and replacing them with natural compounds, the better off you're gonna be. Because in the end, in all of this, what we're really looking for is a good flow, a good trust with your body, basically not allowing your body to work in excess, trying to take off as much stress and work from it as possible so it doesn't get worn out and it can just get into a natural flow and a natural harmony with your body. So those are the five tips. Those are the five ways to reset your body. I break this down more specifically in my hormonal reset diet, and we'll be talking more and more about this in the future. Don't forget to look at that blog post because I also break down those five foods you shouldn't be eating in more detail and the reasons why, which will give you more insight on how food is used as information in your body. 
So again, those five tips, if you just really take into account looking at food as information, checking in with your biofeedback loops, hydrating right, de-stressing your body and detoxing your life, basically all principles that don't necessarily actually engage in how much you should be eating or exactly what you should be eating because that's definitely uniquely you, but really taking into the lifestyle component, those do huge, huge, huge things for your body and I can't stress that enough. Of course, there are always supplements that are gonna help and I've given my supplement recommendations if you really wanna just help enhance your body, detoxifying your body, but also enhance the mineral flow and the vitamin flow, things that are essential to not only detoxification, but also building hormones and allowing yourself to use those. I break those down in the show notes, and I think those could be critical and extremely beneficial in our diets to use. So like I mentioned, we're going to continue the hormonal talk in the next few weeks because I feel like there are so many of us that if we can fix our hormones, we can totally fix our health, and we're really craving that. So stay tuned because I have some great shows coming up to help us uncover all that we could do to really start a new path to healing in our body, to developing some self-awareness and this rest-based living, to really, in the end, developing a life that you really enjoy because if you enjoy it, it will last forever. In the meantime, don't forget to check out the five-day hormonal reset guide. Honestly, it was a tool that totally transformed the way that I looked at diet and my hormones, and I know it can help you as well. It further breaks down hormonal flow, how to fix it, breaking up with your toxic life, and a complete five-day meal plan to help you do a quick jumpstart, a reset, and a refresh of your life. And speaking of the Hormonal Reset Program, I also want to mention the sponsor for today's show, Well Labs. Well Labs is a company I so cherish because they are bringing high-quality essential supplements to the table, and they do so on a mission. For every purchase you make through Well Labs, they give a percentage back to the community, teaching children about the importance of lasting health. So far, they've done yoga classes, cooking classes, and even helped with the school garden. I don't know what is better than getting health while giving health. It really is a great thing, and I'll make sure and link them up in the show notes as well as their supplements that could aid you in your own hormonal flow and get everything back in check. Now, as I get to the end of the show, I seriously can't believe that we are already at episode 47. It has been such an honor and a privilege to do this show with you. I hope that you have found it beneficial and meaningful. I have something really special planned for my 50th show, which is coming up in just three short weeks, so stay tuned. In the meantime, I would love if you would share this with your friends and family. One of the best ways to spread realistic health knowledge is just through the word of mouth. So I'd be honored to have you do so. And also, if you have yet to do it, I would be forever grateful to have you leave a rating and review of the show. By leaving your honest opinion of Simple Ritz Radio, you help to make the show findable and visible by other people. These ratings and reviews are really what make the show go round, and I hope that you can find just two minutes out of your day to leave a rating and review. To leave a rating and review, head on over to the show notes or just enter simpleritzradio.com backslash review into your mobile device, laptop, or computer. I know I ask this a lot, but it really does mean so much to me. So regardless, I really just want you to know that I appreciate you, your desire to know more, to live healthier, and to become happier. Joy is found right here in the now. It's a lifestyle just as health is. So maybe we choose to live with joy and health and desire to continue pushing forward on this journey. It's a wild ride, but one I definitely wouldn't want any other way. Here's to resetting your hormones, and I hope you'll join me on that five-day reset to taking back your health. In the meantime, I'll see you next week with an episode all on rest-based living.